Pull in there. And if you don't get your hand off my leg, you're going to be wiping your ass with a hook the next time you take a dump. That's right. I never heard no talk like that when I was a boy. Hello and welcome, welcome and hello. This is Wait, You Haven't Seen? It's a show where we talk about movies, but specifically we talk about a movie at least one of us has never seen before. I'm your host Travis, aka TV's Travis. This is episode number 236 and it is the start of Spooktober. And every October, this show gets taken over by another show that I'm part of called The Gore Podcast. So joining me to talk about this movie... The wicked kitten always getting into mischief, Monica. Hello, I'm wicked, but you can call me Honey Buns. <laughs> the endearing, the ethereal fay. Hi, hi. And uh, the dread you've been feeling since you hit play on this podcast, it's Dreadly. Hello. <laughs> now, uh, we watched a Stephen King uh, well, a whole lot of Stephen King. Um, maximum Overdrive, 1986's Maximum Overdrive. So, who was it that hadn't seen this before? Was it? It was Wicked, right? Me. Yeah. So you had not seen this before. The rest of us had. Um, so I'm going to start with you. How is it as a as the horror fan and Stephen King fan? I know you to be that you didn't see this movie. Um. I don't know. I mean, it's, are there Stephen King movies I haven't seen? I think there's still a couple out there, random ones. Um, I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. I remember I was supposed to watch this. It was on a VHS that was recorded off the TV by one of my cousins. <laughs> and we ended up watching something else that night. It's a, and that's the only memory I have of this. It's not like it played on TV a lot that I noticed. Maybe it didn't. I just missed it. I don't know. Could be. I knew what it was about. Okay, yeah. Um, It's kind of infamous in that way. Um, Faye, what's your history with this movie? When did you first see it? Uh, Probably when I was like nine or ten. I'm pretty sure this got played on USA Up All Night quite a bit. About nine, ten years old. That's a good age to see this movie, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Especially with all the swearing (laughs) yeah so so you saw it around nine or ten um and is it one that you've revisited a lot or is it kind of you saw it uh, you'd watch it if it was on tv type of thing now you got your dvd copy there all right (laughs) excellent it's one of my favorite movies all right dread how about you when did you first see this do you remember oh i do not remember but (laughs) i do know i read the story first Okay. And I know I've seen this movie before, but <laughs> it might as well have not been. Because I remember parts of this movie. Uh, there's parts that I didn't remember. And then there mm-hmm. were parts that I definitely fell asleep to. <laughs> Fair. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't remember exactly when, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember the first time I saw this either. Um, I know... 
I was probably a teenager when I saw it for the first time. I don't remember seeing it very young. I know I had to have stumbled upon at least parts of it on like USA because I would occasionally, you know, find USA up all night or whatever, I'm sure. But like to sit down and properly watch it, I was probably in my teens sometime. Saw it. And uh, my first reaction to the movie was like, the hell is this? This is terrible. Like it's just cheesy, and I'm like, why is it, why is the the coach from Mighty Ducks talking to a truck? Like, what is, what the hell is happening here, um, Monica? Since this was your first time really sitting down to watch it all the way through, how did you feel when you got done? Like, what was your first impression of Maximum Overdrive? Uh, what the hell am I watching? That was <laughs> that was like my first reaction. And it continued pretty, you know what, that they kept up that pace of what the hell is this movie? Uh, wow. Yeah. So this is um, based off of the short story trucks, which was in night gallery, right? I think that was night the collection shift. it was part of night shift. And um, it, it was Stephen King decided he was going to direct a movie because as the trailer put it and the trailer for this, if you haven't seen it, seek it out. It is awesome is Stephen King's trailer (laughs) yes the the trailer with Stephen King in it because it's just him talking to you and he said I just wanted someone to do Stephen King right so I decided to myself so he decided to direct this um what he didn't decide to do was not drink heavily and do cocaine uh the the entire time because as he put it, he was so hopped up on cocaine and he had no idea what he was doing. Um, Dino De Laurentiis is the producer of this film. He had bought um, Embassy Pictures like right before this and um, decided to make this movie. And Dino De Laurentiis is not quite Roger Corman level of like, I'm not going to spend money, but he does, like any producer, try to spend as little as possible. So that's why they ha- they shot everything in North Carolina because he had a studio there. And um, is also a right to work state, which meant he could hire non-union people to work on the film, which that's not huh. cool, but you know, it's a thing. Interesting. Um, but yeah, he lets, he lets a unproven Stephen King direct this who doesn't know what he's doing. So the, the story, okay, this is a piece of trivia. I want to get your, the three of you's take on this. The rumor is that George Romero ghost directed most of this movie uh, because he was on set all the time. Now, King has never has always denied that, never said like, yeah, that was true. He has said George Romero was around a lot and he was constantly asking him for advice on uh, filming and all that that kind of stuff. But like that, because that's the part that I believe. I don't know. Dred, what do you think? Do you think Romero like? actually directed it or was just kind of there being like dude okay you know let me give you some help Look, Stephen King never directed anything before this or since uh, if he was coked out of his mind and all that and didn't know what he was doing I think this movie is decent okay like <laughs> this is not a crap directed movie so if someone else was involved I could believe that <laughs> I like there for advice. Yes, I believe that 100%. Uh, but I don't think he was actually doing the directing. I, I do still think it was King. Um, and I think it was a I don't know if it was another producer or somebody on the crew said they never saw him doing 
they, they didn't see him doing any cocaine, but they did say he would be up at 830 for the call sheets already like three beers deep. And by 10 a.m., he had drank like 10 beers and he was just drinking all the time. Yeah. So it's know, called motivation. Because <laughs> he was he he was uh, I mean, he uh, King has said he was a coke addict. And he had a huge problem. So mm-hmm. um, that's how we got we could, Tommy knockers. <laughs> <laughs> we could, what do you think? Do you think door. Romero? Do you think Romero did any actual directing? And do you think he was just kind of there? Because it doesn't feel like something another director would do either to me. I mean, it's it's hard to say. It reminds me of the whole, you know, like Poltergeist, Toby Hooper thing, where everyone yeah. was just like, oh, it's, it's just like, I guarantee it's like a little bit of both, but more that he asked him for advice and stuff like that. I can't imagine he took over and didn't ever say anything about it um, or that King wouldn't just admit it because... Right. Just be like, I I had an issue, and and thank God for Romero coming, stepping in, and doing what needed to be done. I feel like he would say that, you know, because you have to mm-hmm. in the twelve steps. Yeah, that's true. Um, I did like the quote though from Stephen King. Somebody people would ask him, you know, why haven't you directed anything since Maximum Overdrive? And he he'll respond with, Have you seen Maximum yes. Overdrive? <laughs> ah. Which is yes, and I love it. I mean, <laughs> here's uh, okay. I have a th- I have a thought, and I was I'm curious what the three of you think about this. Do you think that this is intentionally made to be a B movie and made to be extra cheesy? Like, do you no. th- or or do you think he was actually trying to make like a, a straightforward horror movie and it just came off this way? So, Faye, you don't you think it's the trying to make a straightforward and just not good at it? Yes, fully. Wicked. What about Easily what about seen. you? It to be honest, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a bad. Not that B movie means bad movie, but like it feels like a movie from the eighties. Like that, any director who might also have been on coke, by the way, would have done. <laughs> and and I've seen so many of you know movies of like lesser caliber and around the same mm. thing. Look, basically, it's it feels like an '80s movie, like of its time, sure. and that cheesy horror. So, dread. What about you? Because I guess the way <sighs> I would work. frame it, like, and what I mean by this is, do you think he was making this intentionally satirical, or not? I would say so, but that yeah. depends how much cocaine. But I feel like he did a lot. Uh, apparently, just a lot of cocaine. <laughs> um, it 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 just makes me wonder because it there are times where it feels like it's over the top for the sake of being over the top. The character of is it who's the waitress? Wendy, I think is the waitress's name. Wanda, <laughs> like Wanda, Wanda. Um, the, where, we made and, and the yeah, it's the it's the. <laughs> Stephen King character who is trying to become a cartoon, like actively in front of us and just goes to, I mean, on a scale of one to a 10, the overacting is somewhere around an 18. Um, yeah. I mentioned and, that when I was watching it and I said 50, <laughs> they went to 50. 50. She's, I mean, she is jumping up and down. It's just like, <laughs> it's amazing overacting. And you have the, cause it's, 
we have all of our Stephen King tropes, right? The only trope we don't have is it being set in Maine. Um, and, but, but there is a Maine license plate, I think, on one of the vehicles at some point. So he got yep. that in there at least. Uh, but like you have, um, you have your, uh, your Bible thumper, the, the <laughs> crazy, creepy uh, religious dude um, who gets killed. Eddie Arcadian <laughs> from The Last Dragon. That's all I remember yeah. that dude as. And he was totally <sighs> different in this movie. Oh, you're right. I didn't make that mm-hmm. connection, but you're right. That's who that is. Oh, my God. I never forget that guy ever. Um, but, uh, you know, you've got the, the only thing missing also was uh, Emilio Estevez's character isn't a writer. <laughs> I mean, we don't He's know a... yet. You well, know? that's yeah. true. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. He could have been a writer on the side you know, on his own. <laughs> um. I want to talk about this cast a little bit. So Emilio Estevez was not King's choice to play Billy. Um, Stephen King wanted, can, can you guess? Uh, with a, If you haven't read the trivia about this movie, I want you, first of all, have any of you read trivia about this movie? Okay, that's no. Monica has. Uh, you'll go last then. Uh, Dread, who do you think was Stephen King's choice to play Billy in this? I'll give you a guess, I mean, and it's going to be wrong. Stephen King himself? No. Oh, my gosh. He's, he's amazing. <laughs> Nobody yeah, does have this kid, you know? Gosh, this machine call me an asshole. <laughs> you, if you think I didn't uh, capture that audio, you are desperately uh, wrong, because I absolutely <laughs> did. Um, all right, Faye, how about you? Who do you think it was? Do you, do you remember reading about that at all? No, I didn't see that in guess? the trivia. Okay, so um, what's your guess? It's going to be wrong, but go ahead. Yeah, it's going to be wrong. No. All right, Wicked, what do you got? The Stallone would have been amazing. Let's let's be honest. (laughs) Stallone would have gone out and punched the face right off of the Green Goblin truck is what Stallone would have done. It would have been done after that. Yeah. (laughs) Wicked, say that one again because I talked over you a little bit. Sorry. Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen. I don't know (laughs) why. What's his first choice to play Billy? And uh, it's music then instead. Well, we'll get to the music. Um, but uh, so that was his first choice to play him. And Dino De Laurentiis didn't know who Bruce Springsteen was. And the boss, so he, come on. Well, the Springsteen, early. I don't know when he came out. But here's the thing. Like Springsteen is, is very uh, the boss is very American. Right. Like a lot of people in America, yeah. Dino De Laurentiis is Italian. He's an Italian filmmaker. So he just didn't know who he was. He ended up wanting Emilio Estevez. So that's who we got. Um, it works. He's <laughs> fine. Can, There's nothing wrong with I, Emilio. He's, he's fine. He's fine. Can I, can I give you the one character that I knew his name immediately and then Dredd had to question me on? <laughs> Go for it. Giancarlo Esposito. Yes. In the movie oh. for 30 seconds, but he's he's so young in this too. I forget that he was in this and a couple of like a year or two earlier he was in trading places. In the <gasps> same thing. He's in like a cameo. He's in the jail with um Dan Aykroyd. Oh. And now I gotta go back and watch that again. And it's the same thing. You see him and it's like I I had thousand percent forgot that Giancarlo Esposito was in this as the the kid in the, in the freaking arcade 
when uh, he's just packing every pocket he has full of coins and cigarettes, <laughs> like not even trying to be subtle about it. Um, I love the, you know, the 1980s when wearing a Twinkie in your hat was considered normal. Yeah. Like he just had a Twinkie like stuck in halfway in his hat, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, I loved that one. There's a couple of smaller parts in this that uh, were recognizable people that I, I was I had forgotten about. Apparently, I hadn't seen it in a couple of years, but like Frankie Faison shows up as the truck driver. Yeah. Uh, handy. He's, you know, it's about all he does yeah. is show up as a truck driver and then he's not really there for the rest of the movie. But I love him. Um, one of the rednecks in the truck stop was played by uh, Leon Rippey. He was kind of in the background. He has like two lines in the entire movie, but you've seen him in other things. He's been in a ton of stuff. And he's always just sort of like a guy in the movie. He's never, <laughs> I, I can't ever think of anything outside of there was a TV series that he played the main character's dad in. And like, but beside that, he's always like a secondary character in like everything I see him in. Um, but he's great. He's got a great voice too. Um, Pat Hingle as Bubba Hendershot, which is Billy's boss. Um, ah, anybody remember Pat Hingle as anything other than Commissioner Gordon? Because that's that's the only time I, I ever think about him is as Commissioner Gordon in the uh, the Tim Burton Batman films. Oh my God, no! I haven't seen the Tim Burton Batman movies in a while, but I think Dredd oh. has some some quibbles with that character. Uh, oh, why? I mean, why would you call everyone Bubba? Like. <laughs> At first, I, w I thought he, he doesn't care about learning names. So he's calling mm -hmm. people Bubba, like you say, uh, you, you kid, boy, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's only they call him Bubba, or he calls himself Bubba on the phone. And I'm like, wait, what? Your so name it's the only is name Bubba. he can remember. Why? Yeah, I have a, I have a no, theory about that. He remembers Joey or whatever his name was. As yeah. Well. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> no, I have a theory about that, actually, in that his, his, first, his given name isn't Bubba. It's something else, but he doesn't like that. He calls himself Bubba, and he calls everyone else Bubba. And, and it's his just, yeah, yeah. Um, Pat Hingle is great. He was a great character actor. He was always fun. This is such a weird, like, Stephen King tropey role, right? He's he is the shitty authority figure, but he's also like the horrible redneck. Because basically, everybody in this movie is is either a religious nut, a redneck, or our two main characters. <laughs> well, this is the kid um, and the kid, yeah, yeah, and the kid. That's true. And the um, kid, yeah, definitely doesn't belong there. <laughs> he just feels out of place, doesn't he? Like yeah. he feels like like Midwest suburbanite child, but he's he's in the deep south. He's in North Carolina. Um, uh, but no, Pat Hingle apparently enjoyed being in North Carolina so much he moved there after making this movie and lived there until he uh, passed away. But he just lived there the rest of his life. So something we said for that. He's just chomping on cigars the whole time and just being awful. He's terrible. He's such a oh, yeah. jackass in this whole movie. Yeah, I, I, Although I'm sure the labor board would love to hear hear about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Work nine hours, well, only get paid for eight. No, that ain't happening. <laughs> no, 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 man. They got to do what he says, right? Look, he has one a gold of the star best means you're on parole. Okay, one of the best scenes. Okay, just showing up with a 
rocket launcher out of nowhere. <laughs> out of, out of nowhere. Like, I literally America. I forget that part, and I literally was like, "Wait, what now? What? What?" <laughs> I feel like in a uh, in a more structured narrative, you would have had something establishing that he had a cache of weapons in the basement, and then he brings that out. But no, we find out about that because he shows up with a shoulder-mounted oh. rocket launcher. He's hip firing. But yeah. this was better. Yeah, I think he's his friends with Bert Gomer. This, this was just... <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's friends I with like Bert to... Gomer. I mean... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. They just they do like a cross-country exchange, right? One's out <laughs> west. You got the west coast, I'll take care of the east coast. Um, I do love that when he fires the rocket, though, it's like the rocket's on cloak because they don't they didn't have the budget to actually fire a rocket. They just had the explosion happen on the truck. I love and that. Everything exploded. That is, so many, so many things exploded in this movie. Yeah, that was where most of was that one. The, that that one truck was following the honeymoon people. Uh huh. And that truck was already on fire before it crashed. And <laughs> just as I it was on the hill. What? <laughs> Wait a second. Um, and then, yeah. then later they have an actual. Uh, petrol truck leaking and it doesn't explode. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, sure, what? why not? Why? Their rules don't apply to this world that this movie is taking place in um, at all. Because can I, bring up, can I bring up a Stephen Kingism? Absolutely. That I just love. I feel like I, uh, I need to make a sounder for any time I do a Stephen King movie and any of his tropes, like like the red alert, you know, type sound, but for just for Stephen King. Maybe it'll be. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll figure something out. Anyway, oh, you're, wait, you're Stephen King. Is this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't gotten to her yet. Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> um, but uh, Stephen King really likes to kill children. <laughs> Doesn't he? Holy yes. crap! Like, like I was thinking about that because we just had our our gore patron movie night, and we watched um, we watched Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep. And and that movie, I you know it, it doesn't matter how many times I watch it. That scene with the baseball boy is rough. Like yeah, it's it's rough because of the way you're so conditioned when watching a movie, if a kid is like, are you going to hurt me? And the person, even though you know that they're going to, you're so conditioned. I'm, I'm conditioned as a, as an audience member for that evil person to say, no, this won't hurt or something like that. And so when the kid says, are you going to hurt me? And Rose, the hat's responses. Yes. I'm like, Oh geez. Okay. All right. But, uh, did you hear about the behind the scenes thing with one of the child deaths in this movie? was supposed to no. be worse. So <laughs> the baseball field, oh the kids get done with their baseball game. Let me give a quick, for those who haven't seen the movie, don't worry about us ruining it for you. Like it's still, <laughs> trust me, it's but a comet, to watch. <laughs> yes, a comet is passing by earth and earth is caught in the, the tail of the comet right now. And because of that, machines are coming to life and basically just attacking people at random all over the place, yeah. all over the world. So there's a, an opening scene with a bridge 
um, and it starts to malfunction. But the baseball field, the kids get done with their baseball game. And the coach is like, all right, everybody, sodas, I'm buying. And he goes over to the soda machine, puts in the coins, hits the button, nothing happens. Hits the button a few more times, nothing happens. Squats down to look into the, the slot where the soda is supposed to drop out, and it fires out at him. This is, the se- by the way, the second killer soda machine in a Stephen King thing. Into balls. Yeah, he it first yes. gets him in the balls to get him to fall over <laughs> and then unleashes on his face. Yep, hits him in the face, goes after all <laughs> the kids. It's just uh, like firing soda cans everywhere. The kids start to scatter. But in that scene, a steamroller comes rolling onto the field and starts to go out and a kid gets caught, like falls down because his bike, he's riding his bike and then just suddenly falls off of his bike. Um, yeah, and he's laying I, I, on the steamroller. Why? What, what, what happened there? Get up and run now. No, just stand there. <laughs> nah, accept your fate. It's over. That steamroller's moving too quick. But what Stephen King had wanted was that he wanted um, a blood pack that would get rolled over with the dummy of the child so that it would put a big spot of blood on the steamroller and then put that on the grass like a printing press. Yep. That was the shot oh, he wanted to go cool. for. Well, the problem was that the balloon full of blood burst early. And so it looked looked like like the the kid's head head exploding. (laughs) (laughs) And they got done. They got done shooting that. And Stephen King's like, I love it. And the censors said, you can't have it. And they made him take it out. So there's one frame. If you freeze frame it perfectly, you Mm -hmm. can see where that thing started to, to, to blow. And you can see just a little explosion of blood. But they, uh-huh. if you if you ever if you watch it again, notice how quickly they cut away from that. And there's like a couple yeah. other shots of stuff they cut away from early because the, the NPA was like, uh-uh, no, no child head explodey. Uh-uh. You um, can kill the kid. You can squash like, it. Run him over. That's not too far. Kill multiple <laughs> yeah. kids, uh, as a matter of fact. But, Just don't, you know, show blood. You can have a lawnmower chase after him. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to I want to talk about this for just a second why do you think stephen king likes killing kids so much in his stories because it happens a lot it it's an easy target easy for to evoke emotion okay because you know it's the truth what i always get told when i say that i love horror movies people who don't like horror it's always like oh but it's fake think about what's really scary like you know something happens to your child or something happens to a kid or something like that and it's like well yeah i get what you're saying it's not like i think these movies are real by the way but like yeah but yeah it definitely evokes emotion whether it's your child or not it's just you want to protect the youngins I think too, like kids are, you know, it's like kids and animals. They're vulnerable, right? They can't protect themselves the same way. Like dogs, no. the dog, the dog dying. I, yes, uh, hurt. but the way but, it died. I the had to make him rewind the police car. He had to rewind it for me. But tr- let me just say this also. I just want to point this out. It's yeah. horrible when children die in movies. It's really uh-huh. sad. It's emotional. Like it gets me, right? But if you kill a dog or a cat... I am uh, I am way more up in arms about that for some reason than I am about anybody else in the movie. Listen, like immediate for easiest way to get me to hate a character in something is have them harm like uh, a pet, uh, an animal of some kind. Uh, I was watching something 
recently and somebody threatened a dog. Oh, I know what it was. It was in the creator. I, so I went and saw the creator. There's a scene there where a character picks up a dog and uses it as like a bargaining thing. He's trying to get information from a village full of people and he grabs somebody's pet dog and he's like putting a gun to it. Like he's going to shoot it, oh shoot God. the dog if they don't tell him. And I was like, all right, so I want this guy to die. I want him to die horribly. And it better happen before the movie is done, preferably in the next 10 minutes. But like, I'll give you act three if you want to make him last that because he threatened a dog like immediately. I just mm-hmm. I, immediate, immediate hatred towards whatever character. So mm-hmm. filmmakers, that's an easy way to get me to hate them. Um, yeah, it's just I wonder if it's if it's something where King is just he's he's the thing with him is he's not afraid to put children into those situations in his stories. Yeah. Um, and I think that some, some writers, a lot of writers wouldn't go there and he's just like, no, I, I, I just feel like he's, there's a, there's a Equal certain amount of bravery there. <laughs> like no yeah, one's, there's no that one's too. safe. Yeah. No one, no one is safe. Yeah, and that is, great. you know, like he's, he's like considered one of the great writers of our, of this time. Right. And that's so. the thing. As we go on further in time, you know, MPAA rules are much different now than they were back in the, you know, 60s or something like that. So Mm -hmm. we're becoming more, well, tolerant? No, not tolerant. You get my point. We're Uh, getting used to things. That's why movies are harsher. There's more blood. There's more violence. Everything is just, it's amped up compared to what it used to be. There's a desensitized nature to everything. That's the word I was thinking of. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, it's it's interesting to me that King has always, like from the beginning, not been afraid to do to do that to with kids and put them in. Like there's there's a scene in It that isn't uh, doesn't involve death, but it involves kids and stuff, and oh, it's yeah. rough. And it's like, I mean, number one, I know why it hasn't been an either film adaptation of of It. Because, yeah, no, be like, I don't. I don't want it in there. But you know, he was like, he's not. He's not afraid to make you as a reader uncomfortable, and kids because of the vulnerable nature. I think so. It's just, it's just something that uh, I find interesting. But I'm glad you brought that up because you're right. He, he just kind of has a thing for like putting kids in rough situations. Yeah. Having to watch those two movies back to back was kind of just. You know, really, very really showed it, really hammered it. Yeah, yeah, hammered, um, hammered it home. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dread played an audio clip of Yeardley Smith, her character <laughs> of Connie, uh, and uh, and her newlywed husband Kurt. Uh, but Yeardley Smith, if you don't recognize the name, I'm not sure how, but uh, she's Lisa Simpson <laughs> on The Simpsons for the last 150 years or however long that show's been on. <laughs> yep. And this was obviously pre Simpsons. Uh, her in this she has said in interviews she's embarrassed by this movie which look you did the movie just lean into it go for it um but uh man was her character annoying or what like her, her character was there to be annoying i understand that like just scream a lot she was also incredibly but, smart yeah <laughs> She was way smarter than her dumb husband. <laughs> she was really, was she though? I mean, he wanted to go help somebody and she's just like, no, you're not going to. I'm sorry. 
Have Survival you not seen instinct. a horror movie, by the way? <laughs> like, you never go help anybody. You never go try to. <laughs> you never. None of these people have seen a horror movie. But like, that's what I mean. Like, she knew not to separate. She knew that was a bad idea. I mean, like, he lived anyway, but that's different. Like, she told him not to go to the thing with the people, which they shouldn't have because, uh, I don't know. They had a car, at the, least. They could try to get Going there. to the truck stop? Okay, so two things. One, yes. their car never became sentient. Why is that? I don't understand. I don't know the rules of the sentience of the machines. Yeah, that's, I don't even want because, to get into that because I Because would, it's yeah. like, <laughs> well, it's not electronics. We know that because there's nothing electronic. There's no electronics in that soda machine. And these old vehicles didn't have anything running like, like we do yeah. today. So that's not what's... So it's machines, right? But if it's just machines, why aren't simple machines like everybody's bicycle? Like the one kid's bike... That's why I thought maybe like something happened with the kid's bike that made him flip over, which wouldn't make any sense, but then the other kid is able to ride around just fine. But their car... And uh, Hendershot's car was parked in the parking lot. Like all the cars that were parked already yeah. at the uh, at the truck stop never came became sentient was, and didn't. Yeah, anything. literally none of the cars, even the the Bible guy's car, like it didn't yeah. come. Nothing like that. No and, clue. And why why did the gun on the roving platform become Work. sentient, but none of the weapons in the basement? became yeah. sentient on their own is it only <laughs> so it's because like, it's attached to a truck maybe I, that's why it has to be a truck is that the rule <laughs> also here's my question this is my problem the yeah. gas mm -hmm. why did they need gas they were already being what? controlled you're telling me why you did need they, gas too why it's did they need a gas from the fuel but running in a circle constantly using yep. up their gas Mm -hmm. yeah. So that they can get why they needed more. gas. And I just after mean, they like, get the gas, they kept circling again. It, it's like you're mm -hmm. that powerful to control these. You know what? Just whatever. Like it's just you can, I did know. like so okay. Another question. Uh end of the movie, we get uh another title card that comes up that says <laughs> The next day a UFO was shot down by a Russian weather satellite that happened to be equipped with lasers and thermonuclear weapons. The comet left several days later. So a UFO did everything and had nothing to do with it. Like the UFO was just hiding in the comet's tail, I guess. So it was aliens now? Is that what we're... So it wasn't like magically the trucks came to life. They were controlled by aliens. Were they invisible aliens? Is that what growled after the gun shot up the truck stop? <laughs> I was or, like, or, why or, or does Before it starting up the, the Joker or the Green Goblin? Yeah. <laughs> Was it an I, invisible I just, alien? I, I just, I just like that was my thing. I'm like, look, in Jaws, I realize eventually you made the shark growl. Like that sharks don't growl, but <laughs> right. like, okay, it's an animal. It was a gun on a platform. How do you make that growl? <laughs> like that doesn't even make sense to me. I know, I know. Um, yeah. But it's okay. You can but just it was take care of because a grenade. Most. <sighs> Yeah, that scene. <laughs> Quick, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you and be like, don't worry, everything's fine. Random vehicle platform thing with a gun on it. I'm gonna talk to this guy for a second about something secret. I don't want you to hear. Okay, what I need you to do, like he didn't even try to lower his voice. Run. <laughs> and and why did the one truck 
the the one truck moved its mirror so it could watch them early on in the movie. <laughs> There's that shot of that, which conceptually as like just a shot, I thought, yeah, that's that's kind of cool, right? Like the truck moves its mirror yeah. and we get to see them and all that. It's the one truck that has eyes on it. It's the green goblin truck. It has anatomical eyes on the front of it and a face. Anatomical. That glow yeah, right but it was behind it. <laughs> how are you gonna see weird. without your side mirrors? I don't <laughs> No, but I get you. Oh, but like, then how did the platform truck, the platform gun jeep thing, which what what the hell even is exactly. that? Exactly. Where did it come from? I've never seen but, it other than this movie. Yeah, this is the only place I've ever seen it. Is literally a gun on wheels. Like, this is the most American thing I've ever heard of. Is let's combine an M60 with an internal combustion engine. Like, we need to we need to give this an engine. Um, Can we play a game? Yes. <laughs> it's it's uh what sound bothered Travis the most? <laughs> Dread, oh. what sound was it? You play that oh no, I didn't clip that, but Thank uh, you. yeah, we just uh discussed a, a movie that had certain sounds in it that you mentioned. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we have this movie and the first thing when we go into a toilet is like <laughs> Yep. Yeah, no, I uh <laughs> and he kept doing it while the dude was talking to him. <laughs> so, uh, here's a couple of lines of my notes as I'm watching rewatching the movie. Uh hip firing an RPG. Sure, why not? More sound effects from the toilet. I really hate it. <laughs> Cuz it was just and awful. I, like no. Look, <laughs> Although I will away? say they cut away before he left the toilet. <laughs> and I'm going to say that that little Joey or whatever the hell his name was, he wiped. All right. No, no I don't we think decided he looked like he's a wiper. Not a wiper. No, Look at him. He did not wipe. He is, I don't, he is uh, someone who feels uncomfortable wiping. I feel like he would be uncomfortable not doing it. Like there's something ingrained in him that that's like the one thing he does. He doesn't shower, but he wipes. <laughs> right. I feel I, I feel like this is what you want not what the character is actually bringing to the part. Just let me have this, please. Uh, two movies in a row. Let me just, just let me have this. Yeah. Um, by the way, did, uh, did Yeardley Smith's husband, uh, Kurt, did he look like not quite Haley Joel Osment to anyone else? Yeah, he had that. He has that Osment head. That same thing, thing where like he, he kept growing as an adult, but his face didn't. Yeah, like it never, it didn't, totally. it didn't fill out with the rest of his head. It was weird because they also had that kind of like they sort of look like each other thing too, which creeps me yes. out. <laughs> there, so there, there was an online review of Maximum Overdrive I watched where they made that joke. Like, wait, how did Haley? How is Haley Joel Osment playing two people in this movie? Um, <laughs> <laughs> because they did look slightly uh, similar, but yeah, that was oh, my other sorry, note was. Andy uh, Smith was Lisa, Lisa Simpson and uh, not Jay, Haley Joel Osment. Um, yeah, boy. Um, then, so we have Emilio Estevez's Bill, Billy, uh, Bill, Billy Robinson, and then random chick that shows up at the truck stop named Brett, who becomes the love interest of the movie because yes. they're the only Reasons. two that are in the same age bracket, I guess. 
it was the weirdest like pickup flirting let's fall in love line like it was really dumb it was no chemistry between the acts yeah you're cute no. oh am i well not that cute oh okay <laughs> why don't we have foot sex now yeah yeah then they like it's just cut a, they cut to commercial and came back and they were they were done having sex and it was just but their feet weren't Wait a minute. Quentin Tarantino this watches this movie on the regular. By the way. <laughs> you know that. That was a Tarantino scene, if ever I've seen one. Um, <laughs> Laura Harrington plays Brett. Uh, why? What was her purpose in this movie? Like, what to was she there for? Into the hot outfit. Which yeah, okay, was so there to be here's the thing. Here's the thing on that because I read this and I believe this bit of trivia because it's Hollywood and I, I hate this bit of trivia because I believe oh, that no. it happened is Dino De Laurentiis saw the dailies of the first scene with her riding in, uh, in the car um, and getting to the truck stop and didn't like the fact that she was wearing jeans. And so had them put in a scene of her changing so that she could then spend the rest of the movie in a skirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They didn't even give her a good reason for it. It was just like, oh, no. that Bible guy touched me and I don't want his smell on me. He's okay. dead now and I don't want his smell on me. Could have just spilled a soda on yourself or something. Right. Like, I didn't, I didn't like reading that piece of trivia because I'm quite certain that's exactly what happened. And that bugs well, me yeah. so much. They need, they want um, the sex appeal. And when I say why, like with her, the character just sort of is there and doesn't really do anything. Yeah. Like, like they, they, it's almost like they forced a romantic interaction when there didn't need to be at all. And they're just, they're very quickly comfortable with each other too. Like they've been together for a while when they met 15 minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just, it just felt so weirdly out of place. And that's it where, too, like, I kind of feel. <laughs> well, and that's that kind of comes back to my idea or my thought of, like, maybe this is intentionally a satire and it's meant to sort of poke fun at movies that do that. Just. I don't know if that's sort of sugarcoating uh, hindsight or or not, but it just feels like there's a lot of decisions made by admittedly even coked out a very good, very good writer. So I don't know. It's just it's just weird. Um, also, Can I ask a question. <laughs> yes. You go ahead. Well, <laughs> I was first? just going to say, uh, l- let me let me get this out because <laughs> okay, uh, go ahead. W- we talked about toilet toilet boy, um, toilet boy, who at one point there's a scene in the movie where he's standing next to Pat Hingle, and I think he just sort of like forgot what he was doing for a minute because he just kind of <laughs> gets the thousand yard stare, like oh. <laughs> Oh, the engine's running, but nope, nobody's behind the wheel for a moment. Um, so him in the toilet, gross. Hate that. Hate that sound. At least, at least we didn't get uh, uh, any water noises. We just heard. <laughs> we didn't get any plopping. Oh, I thought I heard plopping. Bible dude. He reminded me of uh, the dude that was that's with um, what's his name? Uh, hey Vern, what's his name? Ernest. Oh, uh, Ernest. You know, the other guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The I, other guy. It kind of looks like a young him or something. A little bit, yeah. Um, 
Bible dude trying to sell his Bibles while he's eating his lunch. Dude, chew your food. Oh, yes. Maybe swallow. Maybe not talk with a mouth full of food. Like, it wasn't like he had a bite of something and he was trying to sell the Bible. He's like shoveling food in his face with one hand, holding the Bible with the other one, and his mouth is just, it's like falling out. It's like, dude, shut up. Stop. No. I would have. I don't like that. I don't need a mouthful. Like, I don't need food falling out of your mouth. Come on. What's happening to me? I don't know. I'm getting weird as I get older, I guess. But I had, like, it, it was a note I had. It's just like, swallow your day, chew something, do something with the food instead of talking while, while it's going on. Yeah, or wipe your mouth. Me. Something. There's a napkin right there. Um, did anyone recognize the song the ice cream truck was playing, by the way? No. No? Wasn't just a normal ice cream song? No, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> I, I recognize it the DC song. No, <laughs> no, it's that like one of two songs. It, <laughs> it would have been. It's one of like two songs in the whole movie that wasn't ACDC. So they did the music for this, and I love the story that they uh, Stephen King went to them to ask them to do the music for this movie, and he wanted them to also be in it, um, have like a cameo or something. And they turned him down to be in the movie because they're like, we're not actors. Um. <laughs> Perfect. But he wanted their, yeah, I know it would have fit in just fine, but he wanted their music anyway. And so trying to convince them, he sang an entire ACDC song from one of their older albums. And they were like, all right, sure. And they did the music and they wrote, they wrote all the music for this. Um, and they put out an album called who made who after the, the movie came out, that was the, basically the soundtrack, but it only had a small little like music from maximum overdrive on it. So some stores were marketing it as just an ACDC best of like greatest hits. Cause it had some of their older songs too. And it wasn't, it was meant to be the soundtrack for this movie. So um, I love the fact that they used ACDC. I, it fits. Yeah, there was the, the ACDC the van too. Yeah. At the beginning on yeah, the bridge. Mm-hmm. See, that's where I think they would have had, you would have had like Angus driving it or something or Brian Johnson yeah. driving the ACDC van. I think that would have been great. And I think in hindsight, they should have done it. Like, you don't have to be actors. Just you're being, you're going to do a cameo basically as yourselves anyway. But I, I love that they did the, the music because I love ACDC anyway, but it fits the cheesy feel of this whole movie. Can I tell you the funniest part? Yes. Dread's like, where are those bells coming from? <laughs> They're hell. And then I was like, I think it's that song. Because <laughs> it took a really long time for the for the song to come through while you're watching the thing. So I and the characters kind of look like they're reacting to the bell. Like it's they something. do a little bit, don't they? Yeah, the intro for Hell's Bells is pretty long. Um mm-hmm. yeah, because it is just years. that bell for like two or three strikes of the bell before mm-hmm. anything else kicks in. Um, no, uh, so the ice cream truck, and as I read trivia, there was like three trivia entries that mentioned this in IMDb, but the ice cream truck was playing a tune and I'm like, I recognize that. Why do I recognize that song? Cause it didn't sound like the traditional kind of ice cream truck calliope type music that you hear. So I'm going to play what the ice cream truck sounded like in the movie. And then I will play you the song that they were using the melody for. So this is the ice cream truck. 
It's a little tough with the engine noise, but I'm going to play you the first part of this song. You tell me it's not the same melody. Trailers for sale or rent. Rooms to let 50 cents. It's a song called King of the Road. And for whatever reason, I know the beginning of that song. And so when I heard it from the ice cream truck, you hear it again. There's a little bit clearer clip probably later on in the movie, but I, I didn't have time to clip it right at the end when the ice cream truck just shows back up for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> it's ice and cream. Uh, to get it yeah, to get blown my, up. Mighty Tasty, uh, uh-huh. which I wanted to do that a on, a, on an yeah. ice cream truck. That uh, effect, the the explosion and the truck flipping over, that was supposed to like flip end over end, but it didn't work. So it just landed on its hood, uh, its, on its roof and slid. <laughs> I think it looks better the way they, that Look, it ended up. Like that was a happy accident. Before it exploded. blew up, they were shooting at it. The, the bullet, the effect they did on the bullet <laughs> hitting the truck. I was like, oh, are we going to see some electricity thingy yeah it did it it really looks like electricity (laughs) no no they uh there was some uh budget constraints you could see in the movie for sure that was one of them um no i the thing with it is like it's such a dumb movie but i have so much fun watching it i don't like it's yeah. it's one that I enjoy the hell out of because of how dumb it is and how bad it is. Faye, I know you agree with me. Oh yeah. Is it a good movie? Not objectively. Is but is it's it's fun as hell and great to enjoy. <laughs> All right, what were you like saying? Say <laughs> um, I was gonna say we didn't mention the uh psycho like strings whenever the people were murdered by trucks. <laughs> Yeah, that was just really jarring and terrible. I'm just saying it was they really grew just... on you, though. Like, there were like some... you have them in the beginning of the movie multiple times, and you're like, "Oh, why, why?" And then you don't hear them for like an hour, and then at the yeah. end they show up again, and then you're like, "Oh, yeah, I missed them." <laughs> well, I did. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> the um, the. Man, I lost my train of thought. I don't know what I was going to say. Um, oh, you did a Monica. I kind of <sighs> did. Um, no, there's just like, there's something about the cheesy nature of everything in this that makes it really enjoyable to watch. Like the silly over-the-top performances of Pat Hingle and Ellen uh, McElduff, who played Wanda. I have audio of her. Trust me. <laughs> um, but it's just so weird like it's just such a weird concept for a movie even for a Stephen King movie like he'd already done Christine uh, he'd written that that had been a movie already uh, by the time this came out right Christine was like 83 84 I don't remember 83 I, I think either. um and uh you know so like he'd already done a killer car um Salem's Lot it's <laughs> It's just such a weird idea for a movie to get fleshed out. And it feels like I both want a better quote version of this. And yet I kind of don't at the same time. I just want it to be this weird eighties time capsule. 
Well, good thing they made a better version for you in the 90s. Uh, Are we talking about the made-for-TV movie Trucks? Trucks no, starring Timothy Busfield. Uh, Get it? Timothy Busfield? Wait a minute. Can can you say starring and Timothy Busfield in the same sentence? Does that work? Leave Timothy Busfield alone. He played <laughs> Poindexter in Revenge of the Nerds. And I, I loved know. him then. I then liked he, Timothy Busfield. Do I, am I getting even confused? But is he in the It TV movie one? Or is yes. that... Yeah, see? He's also see? in Field of Dreams. He was on 30-something. Yeah, I know. I, I liked him. I know. I was, saying, I was thinking Stephen King. I didn't realize how much Stephen King he had done. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, I did an episode of The Night Shift. I think that's based on King stuff, isn't it? Recently? Yeah. The 2015 I, series? I haven't seen that. I haven't either, I have but I'm it. just looking through and I'm seeing that he popped up on there. Um I've actually never seen Trucks, believe it or not. Um, Me neither. So, Aha! Wait, you haven't, haven't seen, seen next year. No. No, <laughs> <laughs> no it was... Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> it, it makes me worried when Faye is saying something is that bad that I shouldn't watch it. Because huh. I have seen her DVD collection, and I know... <laughs> hey! I know the types of movies... So it worries me to hear you say that. No, no, no. It, it should worry you when Dread says something is bad. Faye is... Hey. No offense, Dread, but let's be honest, okay? I mean, yes, you're not wrong there. I'm going to agree mm -hmm. completely, but... <laughs> I've yet to hear him... Uh, well, I guess Thanks Killing, we agreed, was awful and shouldn't ever be watched by anyone ever again. I mean, we do need to watch a sequel. No, we no, we don't. I mean, do we? Yes, because I don't. I don't really think we do. Um, I think we could probably. I I could live a long and fruitful life without ever seeing the sequel to that. Uh, I do have some audio clips if you want to hear them from yeah. this movie. This is Fine. this was a a very good uh, clippable movie. Um, I love <laughs> opening it up with. Uh, the movie immediately telling the audience to F off. <laughs> like yeah. the marquee <laughs> above the bank. Amazing. Um, and then and they zoom in uh, on it just in case you missed it. Yeah. In case you didn't notice. Um, and then the ATM, which is 1986. I think they filmed in 85. So those were still fairly new. Um, really? But yeah, those were kind of a, an early 80s thing, I think, is when they really got started. But I love every Stephen King adaptation has to have the Stephen King uh, cameo in there somewhere, right? He's got to mm -hmm. show up in most of them anyway. Um, and so he walks up. And first, I love this. Come on over here, sugar buns. I don't. It's just <laughs> you don't see anyone else when he walks up to the ATM. That's the best part is she's completely off frame and then it's pointing the camera pointing at him and he says that and i just i just love that uh and then of course his only other line this machine just call me an asshole, <laughs> asshole. Over, really and over and over and over <laughs> i had i just want to point out that i had a crush on stephen king when i was younger like young stephen king or younger he is a king, unique looking person I like odd-looking well, men. Until he had a son, and now he's not unique-looking because there's two of them. Yeah. 
what is interesting is the trailer for the movie has him with a full beard when he's talking about how he wanted Stephen King done right. But in his cameo, he's clean shaven. He's got mm-hmm. those thick Coke bottle glasses that he wears. Oh, yeah. Like, like with the flip those, I'm, how mm-hmm. how he doesn't just like melt his eyes when he looks up at the sun. I don't know, because those things those are some thick lenses. But he is I have always found Stephen King to be a weird looking dude. Like he just he just has a creepy look about him. It's fine. Have a type. No, it's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying when he he can play like a lot of times his cameos, especially I remember the one from uh, Langoliers, and he just was very creepy. I'm not. He just has that that look. You remember Langoliers? Oh wait, (laughs) Langoliers is good. Shut up. You're you're thinking Tommyknockers. Yes, I was trying to do. (laughs) That's what you did to me because I was like, I mentioned Langoliers, and you're like, that sucks. And then later on, I made another comment about it, and you're like, oh, I love that movie. Like, but you told me it sucked. You're like, oh, I bet Tommy knockers. Yeah, Langoliers is really good. I love Langoliers. All right. Yes, I have a I have a soft spot for for that, Uh, especially like the first eighty five percent of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a. Uh, the ending, meh, but that's like insert Stephen King property here. The ending typically kind of, yeah. Um, but just like yeah, the ending so, of this movie. <laughs> well, this movie sort didn't of, follow the ending of the story, though. The thing is, like, the movie just sort of stops. They're just like, well, all right, oh, yeah. we're done. And he had oh, done it- that earlier. The scene, the the lawnmower scene. You you mentioned the lawnmower coming to life and chasing the kid. And that was like, I, I'm pretty certain that had to have been the censors that made him cut something. But that scene literally just chopped. Like the music is building and all of a sudden it's people sitting around a table and completely different music. And I like, I got whiplash from the, the change. I wasn't prepared for it. And it sort of like the way the movie ends, the movie's just like, well, I guess we're done. And the survivors survived. Yep. <laughs> they went to Haven. Oh. You need to they, just watch Lawnmower Man for the the other scene. And, uh, <laughs> no, dead alive. Nah. Um, no, it's it's based on a short story, so most of his short stories just end because they're short yeah, stories. So, that's uh, a short. Even short though story. they didn't follow the ending in this movie exactly, they still followed the, the whole like. Well, there done. Yeah. We told they, they got story. out of the water. They're away from electronics. Nothing can hurt them now. So they survive. Yeah. They're on a sailboat with no motor. Right? Pulleys aren't so, like simple machines apparently aren't affected. Right. Did they actually wanted to do the sequel where they're on the boat uh, and they're just being circled by other ships. <laughs> them all other the boats that want See, wind. But they didn't show boats. They only sh- show boats. They did <laughs> they only showed trucks and certain equipment like cars were fine so maybe boats were yeah, fine the, the planes were evil too so yeah i said planes. Yeah, that's true yeah, yeah planes one went into the school bus yeah oh yeah that's <laughs> the right tired school i'm just saying if cars were fine i think boats were fine this is my theory nah. like you can't prove anything so prove it you can't <laughs> <laughs> all right uh another audio clip is emilio estevez now i'm going to play this and then i want to know if any of you remember the ad campaign I just hope none of them left home without their American Express cards. <laughs> of course. Don't leave home without it. They they even or, made that joke in Friday the 13th Part 6. 
when the girl's American <laughs> Express like floats out of her hand after she dies. Oh. Left I mean, I remember that campaign um, mostly from uh, what's that baseball movie? Uh, Major League. Oh, oh yeah, Major that's League. right. I love that movie. So I captured that, and of course, there's a laugh. So <laughs> I have that now. Just <laughs> the most ridiculous. You do that really well. Um. Okay, Wanda. <sighs> Wanda. Oh, goodness gracious, lady. The one that went off her rockers. <laughs> we meet Wanda when Frankie Faison's character, Handy, comes in, sits down asking for a cup of coffee, and she's messing with the radio. She she says something, and I'm very, I want to know if you heard what I heard. All right. So I'm going to play this, and then I have a question for you. Oh, this was going to be my question, but go ahead. Okay. This was. Oh, good. Well, then it works out yeah. perfectly. Here we go. Here's the sound. Was working just fine a few minutes ago, and now I can't get Pete Turkey on it. All right, so, Dread? No, no, I, I can't. I plead the fifth or whatever it is you call it. Faye? Pete Turkey. All right. Wicked. Pete Turkey. <laughs> okay, thank you. That's what I heard. Pete not, not just what I heard, though. It's in the It's in the subtitles. Oh, okay. you know, I watch everything with subtitles. Made no sense to me, but I wrote it down. I, I was going to ask you. Yeah, I don't know. I well, can't get I Pete Turkey it on it. I should have too, but uh, that one just, I was so confused by that line. Like, I didn't know if I heard it wrong, but apparently we all heard the same thing and the subtitles confirm it. Pete Turkey. Couldn't get Pete Turkey on it. All right, sure. If you take enough cocaine, uh, that makes sense to you. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and then we can't talk about Wanda without talking about her flipping her lid. And first, so she got attacked by the electric knife. By the way, who had a, an electric knife like that growing up? Anybody? Because I did. <laughs> okay, good. Faye, Wicked, you both did. Dred's looking at I'm us all like, what's this weird American thing you're talking about? Well, I remember having one of those electric knives. For, for Thanksgiving. We don't, do, we don't do Thanksgiving, so there. Carving I mean, your turkeys, you your turkey, hams. Right? We actually used ours for uh, bread too. We had a bread maker, and we would. Yes, use I, I know them from bread. bread cutting bread. So that I do now. Don't know that I remember ever seeing one in a deli or like a diner setup like that. It's a weird no. place to have that because you're not you're not going to be roasting whole turkeys or anything. But um, just yeah, needed a was... way to have an attack. I, I got the answer, by the way. Oh, oh. Real time research. Uh, pea turkey is a southernism meaning nothing, not a zip zilch. Interesting. Okay. I might, I'll have to look that up and know why it's peat turkey. But P. P. Thank you. Like P, pea, like green pea. Ah, see, I heard peat. Like peat no, turkey. Pea. Pea, pea turkey. turkey. Okay. It's like pea right. hyphen turkey. I don't know. Don't ask. Interesting. Well, yeah. Hey, Stephen no. King is known for his, his southernisms. Yeah, I guess. Totally. All about southernisms. Well, good. Thank you for looking that up. Now I know. We all learned something tonight. Yeah. Um, but she, so she gets attacked by the knife, cuts her hand, cuts her foot. Later on, no ill effects from that. She's drinking a beer, slamming the beer bottle on the counter or on the table when it breaks, um, which 
got to be pretty strong to do that. Like the way that she was slamming that beer bottle down shouldn't break that easily. So a little scared of her. Um, but then, then she decides, no, no, no. They can't attack us. Why? Because we, <laughs> we made them. made them. Yeah. <laughs> we made them. I think and she, then she goes outside. And for the Coke. <laughs> and this is where it goes well over the top. Because she runs out. And all right, I have acted in some amateur movies. <laughs> Wicked, I know you have acted at least once. <laughs> yeah. A decision was made by this person. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then it was signed off for uh, by a director and, and put to film. And then we saw it. And Wow is all I have to say about that. Uh, she went for it. She goes, she's just all up in there. But she she runs out yelling at the trucks that are circling the truck stop. You can! We made you! And then just yelling that over and over. It's pretty fantastic. Uh, uh, just, just for the people, this audio clip does not do it justice. You need to really look doesn't. at it. You need to see her act. Yeah. Because her oh, yeah. whole body is into it. She oh, yeah. is contorting her. She almost bends herself completely backwards at one point. And then she's jumping up and down and the camera is moving with her. <laughs> it is unreal how, how amazingly overacted that moment is. And then... She's losing her tortillas. And, and, and Billy comes out, grabs her, pulls her back inside. And she's fine for another half hour of the movie before... Apparently, just decides it's time to go out and yell at the trucks again because she does it a second time, and this time with goes the slightly launcher. worse the second time. <laughs> I guess she brought yeah. the rocket launcher for moral support because she didn't <laughs> mean, like, she didn't even mean to fire it. She just sort of she doesn't fire it until after she's shot. Good um, aim, though. Yeah, no, no definitely. <laughs> well, those rockets they they're cloaked again, right? So they just hit their target automatically. Yes, they're like magic missile. They're also um, intelligent. They're, they are, they're alive. <laughs> That's what, yes. Uh, but uh, no, Wanda. Wanda was Wanda was pretty great. Um, I do like when the truck first moves, and they're like, how the hell did that happen? And they're like, Handy, isn't that your truck? And <laughs> Frankie fights on. But he must have been a hot wire champion. 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 <laughs> We, uh, my, my fantasy football league, our manager always does that. He, he will over enunciate champagne and he will type it out that way, uh, in like <laughs> league, league stuff. And it cracks me up every time, but I just hot wire champagne. That feels like I, a I was just, I was just laughing at that scene. Cause you just have a truck, this guy's truck, r try to run over someone and come to a stop a little further. And they're all inside looking like. Oh, is that your truck? Oh, well, I don't know what happened. My that's weird. Like, wouldn't you go and look at it? Like, investigate? Cause... Yeah, they send Billy out to do that. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, do do that but they stand there for like 30 minutes looking They're at just it. Just like, like oh. looking at it and like, huh. What we didn't truck? get what we didn't get was the scene of them like drawing straws to see who's going to go check the truck. Because they're like, I, we should. Huh. somebody should go look at the truck. Well, hand it's your truck. Hell no, I ain't going out there. 
and then just like them arguing for half an hour before finally Billy's like, fine, I'll go. Go to check the, yeah, the little. It seemed any progress the film made was because of Billy. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't, this one just says the old. I don't remember what this was, so we'll find out together. See, it's like the old joke. You can't get there from here. Yeah, you know, that old chestnut. You can't get there from here. Billy, Billy, you forgot the setup for the punchline. Uh, it's an old we joke. Know. Everyone knows we all it. know that old joke, right? Everyone knows that one. I had no clue what he's talking about. Not a one. Um, Is it the chicken drop? across the road? Because it couldn't get there from here? I don't know. Um, Actually, um, it just might be. Thank you. Works as good as anything else. Uh, we got a title <laughs> drop, though. Oh, yeah. Halfway through the movie. From uh, this, this is why Brett was in the movie, right? That That's her, the character's whole point was to. That's what I was doing before every machine in the world went into maximum overdrive. Uh, roll credits. Yeah. I mean, we didn't get a cat. We got a Volkswagen. Nope. Yeah. We got a title drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got people doing um, stupid stuff. Just a little, <laughs> just, just most you of know. the script is what I like to call I mean, that. The, the, I mean, every decision the, the characters, <laughs> but every decision oh, the characters made in this oh, movie was wrong. No, that's my scene when he's just like, "Oh, you think there's whatever in this water?" And then I think Amelia, people peed like, in here. Splashes into the thing. He like falls in and. How'd it taste? Like, that was that timing. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, no, that's... Hey, uh, I'm sending a friend back to you. And the thing about that is it's a shower drain. So it shouldn't be... Like, it's not quite... That wasn't quite sewer. But yeah. still, it's a drain, which is nasty. It's all that nasty shower water going down yeah. there. Some people pee in the shower, you know? Well, yeah, no. Could be a little perfectly weird. convenient drain right there. Yeah, why wouldn't um, you? I think people who think it's weird to pee in the shower are weird themselves. I That's I actually agree. Um, oh, not quite. Haley Joel Osment had uh, one of the better lines in the movie, though. And it was right after they nearly hit another vehicle. And uh, then he responds with, I think I just loaded my pants. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love that line. Well, that's, that's oh, when that's they're so turning funny. around and running away from the truck. Yeah. I just loved that she kept yelling at him that like it's his fault. That is his. Hat. I could. I shouldn't let you drive. What well, would you do she different? She was in the previous scene driving. <laughs> yeah, but what would she do different if a truck is ramming you from behind? What is it's his fault? No. Uh, she did. Yeah. She did tell him to get him. Yeah, get it to stop following him, and and he did. Yeah, it I did. Love that. It exploded. That was <laughs> perfect. That was great. Get get it to stop following us. How? So he just <laughs> casually moves to the right, and that's all uh, it took. That was another right one. And then zip to the left. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he yeah, was he's like, hang amazing. on. He was also amazing later when he's, how are we getting there? There's a gap. And then misses <laughs> the gap completely. <laughs> so dumb. By that mm-hmm. much. <laughs> going to measure it properly. Um, well, I, I last... blame it on the, the horsepower of the car. It wasn't strong fast sure. enough. Sure. That's why it didn't become sentient. It didn't have a big enough engine in it. 
There you ah. go. Ah. Now well, we're figuring it out. But what about the lawnmower? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's broken. Lawnmower, the 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 electric saw. I, or I had the something. Police car and you toy. just took it right away from me. Okay. Yeah. All right. The steamroller. We're, we're back to not machine. knowing. No, a steamroller takes a lot of engine, engine power to move because those things are heavy. Right. That steamroller needs a big engine. It doesn't move fast, but um, fast last enough. one. Yeah, let, that one was moving quick. That steamroller was booking. Um, <laughs> and then the final audio clip I had was uh, this one. You unbelievable shithead. So. <laughs> well, yeah. I pretty much I just mean... wanted wanted to have that for a, for a soundboard at some point, uh, for sure. But um, there were a lot of, like, off-screen deaths in this, too, that, uh, that you just get, like, the aftermath of. Um, Jeff Gann oh, yeah, in the yeah. chat mentions the lady killed by the hairdryer because they're going by the mm -hmm. one. The kid's riding his bike through the neighborhood. There's just somebody hanging out a window, and you can see like hair dryer hanging next to them with the cord wrapped around her neck. Or hair was right, though. Yeah. Legs like sticking out of a bush somewhere. I'm just like random. Uh, one guy with a there. chainsaw in his uh, neck. Yeah, that was the fun mm -hmm. one. The Walkman. Yep. Oh, that was a giant Walkman. <laughs> well, it was 86. They were that big back oh, yeah. then. Yeah. Um, or 85 when they were filming it, whatever. We mentioned um, the dog earlier, but that's just really sad. It was. I mean, it was obviously a stuffed dog that they used. <laughs> like, clear, like, you mean but, they didn't use very, a real one, Travis? There wasn't that much very, cocaine. Very clearly a stuffed dog. Like, it didn't look super realistic either, but still, dog. Dog it got was, killed by a toy car, which is terrible. At least it wasn't a half dog. <laughs> Fair. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um, I will say that so they had a lot of problems with the RC, the radio controlled trucks in this breaking down a lot. And I guess like they would break I down and then they would fix them and another one would break down. But it looked pretty good. Like they were able to move those vehicles around. And I think there's only like one time where you see. I think it's the the wrecker when they when Connie and Curtis first stop for gas at the, the different gas station and that wrecker truck comes at them. I think the supposedly if you watch after it hits the building, you can see somebody running away from the truck like they were driving it and they just hopped out and ran off or something. But for the most part, I mean, a lot of the shots of those trucks moving around and there's nobody in it. There's nobody sitting mm -hmm. in it. So that worked. And I thought that was kind of cool. I um, wonder if they used the Knight Rider method. Oh, just somebody sitting way low. No, like inside the low frame. Inside the oh seat. yeah, there's that too. Oh, I, I'm sure they probably used at least some of that. Um, so, no, it sounds like we kind of have a consensus of like it's not, it's not a good movie, but it's a I fun movie. It. Fun and yeah. enjoyable. Yep. It's it's exactly it's exactly the right amount of uh, bad to be good. Yes, and that main truck looks awesome. like like the poster, the main truck, the face thing looks awesome. Goblin. And the, oh, the yeah. end scene where it explodes, that looked good. Like the mm -hmm. the face lights up a little, and you have the flames. Oh yeah, yeah. the creepy oh, awesome. eyes. They. Um, I, I don't like... know. Go ahead. 
I did like one of the trivias. Uh, apparently, they they had to build the set for for uh, Dixie. Oh yeah, I was just and, about to mention. Uh, apparently, it looked so good that actual truck drivers were going there. <laughs> truckers, truckers were stopping off at the at the uh, the truck stop, and they're like, um, "No, no, we, this is just a set." I also like that they were able to work in they were able to work in set dis- uh, demolition into the movie. I mean, how nice is that for them? Like, they got to tear that down anyway, so might as well film it. Um, but and I love that in. where they're. <laughs> it is funny that the trucks waited like twelve hours to attack. Because it was like yeah. they left at night, and it was the next morning, and the trucks finally decided, "All right, let's go and attack the the truck stop." But I really enjoyed the, uh, um the explosion stuff in this like it's just a lot of things blowing up for whatever reason but it all looked good i i appreciate that jeff jeff gan brings up the best line in the movie that we can't say on the show but uh mm, yep. emilio estevez's basic uh, basic jaws moment <laughs> yep adios muchacho yeah we'll go with that. Right, i like the, to say uh, mother fluffer <laughs> yep mother scratcher that's another good one Melon Farmer? I heard that in a movie once. I was like, what? What is this editing? That might be the greatest ADR replacement ever, is Melon Farmer. Um, I remember uh, watching, I I caught Die Hard on like USA or something one night, and they had uh, Yippie Kaye, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> but here's the best part about it. Usually in those movies, the actual actors will go in and and record all of their lines for ADR to dub stuff like that. That was not Bruce Willis that said Mr. Falcon. It sounded complete like it's a completely different voice and it's so obviously ADR, it's hilarious. Uh so that was uh one of my favorites ever but melon farmer i'm gonna start using that that's a good that's a good one because yeah. that is a great line like it's not smile you son of a bitch it's not quite that good like it's not quite roy scheider but adios melon farmer uh you know what it works before he blows up that truck i mean and there were a lot of melons in this movie just <laughs> oh yeah people got killed by watermelons in the beginning uh-huh. yeah that, yep see Full circle. falling off the bridge yep <laughs> that oh, okay the the opening scene on the bridge though I like that. That was really cool. Beautiful. Like it was so yeah. well staged and <laughs> and just everything in it was great. I, I love that as an opening. Can't you see we have a situation here? Oh <laughs> what? The two oh. the two rednecks playing rummy. Yeah. I was like, I watched that and then the next scene it's the two guys at the gas station. I'm like, I feel like we just have the same two guys repeated again. <laughs> They're they're the minstrel. They're the wandering minstrels in a Shakespearean play. It's just the two rednecks, yeah. all over the place. Um, now this this the movie is super out. fun, and you can watch it online for free on Pluto. Um, it's got ads, but it's there to watch. Um, it's an hour and a half long, so it's not super long. Just park your brain, enjoy the the dumbness that is this, and all the Stephen King tropes. I kind of wish he would have tried directing again in some ways just to, I think he said in recent years, like I wouldn't mind having another crack at it. If I'm sober, sober, like not, not <laughs> my one stipulation. My yes. If he can work with uh, 
who's the dude that directed the other thing that we like with the Flanagan Romero? guy? Oh, oh Flanagan. If he can do yeah. it with Flanagan together, I would be on board with that. Man, I tell you what, Mike Flanagan. It's I used to think Frank Darabont was the only director I trusted to do a good adaptation of Stephen King. Um, but it's now Frank Darabont and Mike Flanagan. Like if yeah. one of those two with the with the name Stephen King attached, I'm in because Darabont did The Mist, he did The Green Mile, he did The Shawshank Redemption. Like that guy knows how to make a good adaptation. He just gets. And I'm with you. Let I, I would love a collaboration with uh, Stephen King and um, and Mike Flanagan working together on something, kind of like. Uh, Sin City, right? Rodriguez and Frank uh, Miller, where mm-hmm. Robert Rodriguez wanted to get that movie made and knew that having Frank Miller a part of it was about the only way you were really going to do it justice. I kind of feel like you could do something similar there where some, because there, there is there is some Stephen King stuff that's really hard to adapt, and I think having him as part of it could help. I'd be up for that. I'd be yeah. interested in that. I don't know why they didn't do that more often like just in general i mean they get them to go do cameos and stuff so ask them some yeah, it's questions. it's it's tricky too because um like the sin city situation robert rodriguez had to leave the director's guild in order to make that movie because the director's guild of america has stipulations that you can only have one director there are exceptions that get made like um but for the longest time when the cohen brothers would make a film joel cohen would be credited as the director and Ethan Cohen would be credited as, you know, writer and producer because oh. they couldn't both, even though they both were directing, they couldn't both be credited. Um, that seems dumb, uh, but it is, it is kind of dumb <laughs> in some ways. Um, but that's why you get situations where like, um, uh, David Lynch's Dune where he's disowned the movie, but he got the credit anyway. Um, he, even though he wanted to be credited as Alan Smithy. Um, that's where the whole Alan Smithy thing came from is like the whole idea of a director not wanting to be credited for their film for whatever reason, because things got changed. But you'll see that happen sometimes where a director will come in and reshoot things, but they don't get credit for that. Um, one of them was uh, the 13th Warrior is famous for that, where Michael Crichton actually came in after uh, late in the process, they fired John McTiernan. He did a bunch of reshoots, restructured a bunch of things, but it's all uncredited because the DGA said, no, John McTiernan gets the credit. So I think that's a part of it that you don't see more kind of collaboration like that. But I'd like to see that get loosened a little because there are exceptions. You see like the Hughes brothers where it'll be two, two directors that work together or the Wachowskis. Um, so they can make exceptions. Just let people make the damn movie they want. All right. <laughs> But I, I understand yeah. some of it too, so it's weird. Um, but anyway, Maximum Overdrive, super fun. I'm glad Monica, you finally got to see it. Yes, me too. My collection just, is almost complete. It it was one when you said you hadn't seen this one. Like we have to do this. Like we just have to. There's because it, this felt like a you movie. Because I know <laughs> um, like no. Knowing your love of 80s horror films and the cheese that can come with those, like, and Stephen King, it just felt like the type of thing that it's why it surprised me when you said you hadn't seen it. And Faye was like, Didn't we watch that together? But I don't, apparently, we didn't. So, but now you have. Now you've seen it. Check it off the list. It's good to go. 
And we have begun Spooktober on the show here. Yay. Now, the four of us, if you like this show, this episode, and you like this conversation, the four of us do all horror all the time on the Gore podcast. Tell people about that, Monica. So those it's a that horror don't podcast. Know <laughs> <laughs> yes, so we do a horror podcast. It's a uh, twice monthly or every two weeks or however you want to say that. Bi monthly, you know, however you like it. And we just talk about horror movies. But just kind like of like did. what we did here, <laughs> but a little less. Uh, a little uh, less ADD, a little more structured, but we also talk about um, a little more ADD there, right? A depends. Depends on this section. All but, right, I just got but, confused which way you meant that, and <laughs> the ADD's on Gore, just so you know, or the ADHD, I should say. Um, but yeah, it's a good show. I like it, and uh, you should listen to it. You can check it out at. Um, I forgot to remember where it is. I mean, you mm -hmm. can get it anywhere. It's on Spotify, Gore. Gorepodcast.com. Yes. You know what? Because it changed because it's no longer Anchor anymore. It's just literally like Spotify. So Yeah. But you can look it up in any podcatcher. It's just Gore. It's the top one. We're the top one now, I think. All Actually, right. we might be the second one. But also there's Gorepodcast.com. You can go to the website and oh. then find it from there. Yes. Thank you, Bombi. We have a we yes. have a website. It's a beautiful website. Um, I, I like, too, on that show that we also talk about, like, upcoming stuff, movie news, uh, and, like, video games, books, if we've read a, a horror novel or horror stories or anything like that or played some horror games. So it's not just movies, but we always have the movie kind of at the yes. center. We get a lot more personal in that show as well because we, we talk mm -hmm. about ourselves and, and things like that. If you like that, if you don't, sorry. So basically, if you liked this last hour plus of conversation, check out Gore, uh, G-O-R-E, Gore Podcast. We've got Patreon for that, so you can join us once a month for uh, patron movie nights. If you join in the month of October, anybody at any level gets to join the, the movie night. Uh, typically, that is restricted to uh, higher higher levels of yeah, the Patreon. Hellraiser level or higher yep. on the regular. But for the... But for the month of October, all patrons are allowed in. Yes, so. it's like our yearly annual party. Yeah. Come yeah. and join us. Yeah, we've yes. been doing that for a couple of years now, and it's a lot of fun. So uh, we definitely have fun. Check Should we just out. tell them what the movie is, or do we keep it a surprise? Uh, we can tell them this year. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what it is? Did I tell you already? No. Yes. Oh, maybe I guess I told you we're going to be watching Halloween three. Oh yeah. I did tell you. Yes, that's yeah. right. So if you want to watch yeah. Halloween three season of the witch with us, all you got to do is be a patron. You the can best watch it with, us, with the four of us. Yes. Second best. Not the what? best. Oh, not the best. <laughs> Second best, but we'll, we'll fight about that later. Yeah. You'll hear us argue on that too. So if you like to see a fight, <laughs> a kerfuffle, that's my new favorite word. Uh, I like a Donnybrook myself. Donnybrook or a Slobberknocker is another good euphemism for a fight. But kerfuffle's got like a fluffy sound in there. It, it does. Kerfuffle. No, kerfuffle's, kerfuffle's good. 
kerfuffle's good um but we're not done this month either we are all month for wait you haven't seen uh the three of you are going to come back we're going to keep doing more movies i am you know what we're going to do next week Mm -hmm. chud Uh. Uh, because i have never seen that before i've never seen that before I've never right. seen that before. I'm the only well, one that's seen it. <laughs> oh boy! I've been meaning to see it for a really long time, and I just so three of the four of us are going to be watching Chud for the first time, and uh, and checking that out. Um, and that'll be next week on this show. Now, this show, wait, you haven't seen, does stream live and record Sunday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time at Twitch.tv/tvstravis. You can um, watch it live, hang out in our chat room like Ace Fur, like Jeff Gann. Um, it comes out as a podcast on Wednesdays, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, YouTube, also a video version, goes up on there as a podcast. Um, you can check that out. Uh, search for Wait You Haven't Seen or um, on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash at TVstravis. I'm really trying to grow that channel, so um, subscriptions there help a ton. Um, and likes on the videos help a ton too. Um, so I appreciate that. If you go to tvstravis.com, Bombats, who made the Gore Podcast website, also helped me design my website because, well, he's my favorite German and he's a great person. And so uh, on there, you can find links to my uh, merch page and my Patreon for this show um, and everything that I do for as little as a dollar an episode. You can uh, support the show that way as well. Um, and I do monthly movie nights for my back catalog of 236 movies that I've watched Whoa. for this show because I have a problem. Uh, you know, size doesn't count, right? <laughs> it's just a lot of movies to go through and, and pick once mm-hmm. a month. But I do that. Uh, there's also early access to video content uh, on the Patreon and all of that. So uh, if you want to check that any of that out, tvstravis.com, you can find me on all of the social media networks as TV's Travis, um, pretty much all of them. I kind of get in early, stake my claim for that username. Um, Monica, where can people find you and what you're doing outside of Gore and the gorepodcast.com? Oh, well, you can follow me on Twitter and Twitch and Blue Sky at WickedKitten13. Excellent. Faye, what about you? Do, can, do you do uh, anything online other than Gore? Well, I mean, occasionally I do things on Twitter, but not very often. I'm not a socialite. Uh, but if you want to follow, you can follow me at Chibi Phelan. Perfect. And Dread, what about you? Ah, uh, you can always find me on Twitch, Twitter, Blue Sky, YouTube, whatever. Uh, at the Dreadlord, sometimes with a little, uh, how do you call him? Underscores, sometimes without, sometimes with. Who knows? That's why I made a little website called thedreadzone.com at, with all those links on. So perfect. Easy the dreadzone.com. And you do you stream uh, games quite a bit, and uh, we're into spooky game season. So there's gonna be some fun ones coming up too. Yeah, I'm uh, probably gonna say the same game as you are, and that's Alan Wake Two that I'm waiting for. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. That's practically November, though. So yeah, even I'm yeah I know, that. I know. Until they then, it'll be whatever Final Fantasy game you're playing. Fifteen right now. Oh, okay. Road trip. So check that out. <laughs> Thedreadzone.com. You can find 
dreadly anywhere you want to find. Thank you, all all three of you, for being here. I love doing these crossover ones. These are fun to do um, every October. It's been a it's been a fun tradition to do for the last couple of years. So, yay! I say we do it again. Four years. Yeah, because the first well, you it was you the first year on every week. That's all that we were at that point. Yes, Uh, and and each successive time we we kept adding until we had the full roster. And now we have our full full roster of people. So definitely come on back next week for Chud, because uh, I have no idea what we're getting into, but I, I think it's going to be something worth talking about. So the fact that three of the four of us haven't seen it uh, has me very curious. Um, <laughs> so that's going to be next week uh, and all through this month. We've got... Uh, We've got a, a fun slate of movies we'll we'll go into um, as we as we go along. So join us all October uh, on Wait You Haven't Seen. Until then, until next week, remember to enjoy your movies, and we hope we made it just a little bit harder to get to sleep tonight. <laughs>